Every story in scripture awaits a response. I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and this is the ninth class in a series designed to cover the 17 periods of Bible history. This is not a verse-by-verse -verse analysis. This is a survey of Bible history where we walk through a timeline from Genesis over through Revelation. The purpose is to have the big picture well in mind. We are not covering each and every narrative. We're just hitting the main events and periods of Old Testament history. Briefly, let's revisit previous studies. Class number one, God's creative work, Adam and Eve's sin, the episode with Cain and Abel, and a genealogical table. This is all from the first five chapters in Genesis. Class number two, Noah and the flood. We read about the causes of the flood, the instructions God gave to Noah, the flood itself, and the aftermath. Class number three, the Tower of Babel, which explains the expansion God wanted of people into nations spread out. Class number four was important about Abraham, the promises God made to him, and those promises were transmitted or fulfilled through Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Class number five, Moses takes the people out of Egypt, obviously with God's help, out into the desert for their long journey toward the promised land. On that journey, they received the Ten Commandments. What is happening is God is slowly but with purpose fulfilling the promises made to Abraham to build a nation from his descendants, give them a land, and through them the Savior would come to offer blessings for all. Class number six was about the Jewish people wandering in the wilderness because of their sin 40 years. Class number seven was all about Joshua and the conquest. The most recent class, number eight, the chaos of the judges, period. So you can see we're not analyzing verses, digging deep into concepts, or bringing up every point in a narrative or section. This is a summary approach study through the 17 periods of Bible history. In this class, I need for us to continue with our Bibles open to the book of Judges for just a minute, and then we will talk about events in 1st and 2nd Samuel and 1st Kings. This period of Old Testament history is usually called the United Kingdom period. And the three main characters of the period are Saul, David, and Solomon. Now, a very good lead-in to this period is found in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25. Obviously, this is near the end of the Judges period, and here's what it says. In those days, there was no king in Israel. As you move from Judges over into 1 Samuel, there is a prominent figure, Eli, serving as both high priest and judge over Israel. During the time of 
Eli, Samuel, was born, and this appears to be good and to bode well for the future of the Jewish people. His mother dedicated him to the Lord. Early in his life, God spoke to Samuel. I have this reading for us in 1 Samuel 3, 4 through 14. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. The occasion of this was Eli's evil sons who were not good leaders, corrupt. And it says, God said the sons of Eli were blaspheming him. After this, word spread that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. You can read that statement in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 20. Samuel served during this time as prophet, priest, and judge. But the story now turns with what the people demanded. But we have certainly sensed unrest and rebellion among the Israelite people. The judges' period was a time of turmoil, and it was because of the sin of the people that they were in turmoil. So now, during the time of Samuel, the Israelites say that they know what would be best. Think of that. The people of God had been granted mercy over and over for 400 years or so. Their sin was the problem all along. They had not faithfully listened and obeyed God. Now, after God gave them Samuel, they say 
They know what needs to be done. They wanted a king. They desperately wanted a king. Now, this next part of the historical narrative is important. This is 1 Samuel 8. Listen carefully. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his implements of war, and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, and cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, and vineyards, and olive orchards, and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain, and of your vineyards, and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, No, but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, Go every man to his city. Well, 
There is so much about this that lends itself to study and application. In a survey course, I'll bring up three quick points. Number one, this was not a solution. This was not a wise plan, but God allowed it and used it as a part of his higher long-term purpose. When Samuel warned them of what would accompany the rule of kings, like taxes and conscription, it became like a prophecy. Later in the Old Testament history, you can read about all this happening just as Samuel said. There is one motive singled out here that shouldn't be overlooked. They wanted to be like all the nations. That's conformity, imitation, competitive spirit, not wise for the people of God ever. So all of this from Eli to Samuel is the lead-in. This is introductory. It's a prelude to the United Kingdom period, which centers around three kings, Saul, David, and Solomon, 40 years each, from about 1050 down to 931 years or so before Christ. Let me provide a summary, a brief summary of each reign. Saul, the first king of Israel, won some impressive victories but his faith in God was lacking, notably in two ways. One, his disobedience to God, for example, about how to handle the Amalekites in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Two, his aggressive jealousy and hatred of David. David, the Bible says, everybody's heard this, a man after God's own heart. And that description really comes to the surface in the Psalms where David expresses his attachment to God, his trust and reverence for God. Now, David took Israel to impressive victories, but he was not without flaws. The most notable example, adultery with Bathsheba and what he did to her husband. David's repentance, however, when he was confronted by Nathan, becomes one of the great examples of penitence and forgiveness. Solomon, considered wise, gave us the Proverbs. Israel enjoyed peace and a good economy during most of Solomon's reign, but carnality and idolatry became his downfall, leading to the division of the kingdom. So much more could be said about these men, but in a survey course, we are focused on the timeline and the big picture of what God is doing, fulfilling those promises to Abraham very slowly to prepare the world for the Messiah who would come and offer spiritual blessings to all men. Takeaways. There is something to learn, something vividly illustrated in the time of Eli Samuel about second-generation apostasy and the role of parents. This history contains a warning about the ambitious but foolish ambitions of wanting to be like others, other nations or other churches. Remember, 
what I say every time I begin one of our classes in the 17 periods, every story in Scripture awaits a response. The story of Saul teaches us how life can be ruined by hatred and revenge, how miserable you can become and how miserable you can make life for others when you live under the power of anger and hatred. The story of David teaches us how great man can, in undisciplined times, become vulnerable and fall into sin. The story of Solomon teaches us that having knowledge by itself isn't sufficient. The knowledge must be translated actively and consistently into everyday thinking, speaking, and acting. So, given the history we have studied in this class, what would you expect to happen next? A divided kingdom. Yes, that's next. Thank you for being with us.